Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. A-teamers, uh, continue interacting with us. Uh, if the lines are not going through on 011-714-2006, feel free to send us an SMS on 41391 or WhatsApp 0614-104-107. That's where you can uh, interact with us right now as we speak about Menstrual Hygiene Day. So tomorrow being Friday, the 28th of May, the world will commemorate and recognize Menstrual Hygiene Day. And... Um, I'd like us to welcome the CEO at 360 Biomedicine, Buitumelo Sibambo. Buitumelo, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me, Patricia. How are you doing? Uh, well, I'm strong, like literally and physically, because I could have collapsed walking up the stairs. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm balanced. I'm, I'm balanced. Uh, okay. Maybe, uh, maybe balanced and strong is one thing that you and I are going to have to discuss because I want to understand what that means. But I, yeah, I would have collapsed today. Buitumelo, <laughs> talking about uh, the day we are commem- um, commemorating tomorrow, uh, yes. Menstrual Hygiene Day, how significant is this for us, especially as South Africans and Africans at large? Look, I think it's important to to celebrate the day and recognize the day because um, a lot of the time people feel that menstruation is a topic that should be private with a certain level of shame and discomfort. And I think in the long term, it, it results in menstruators not knowing what is normal and abnormal around their menstruation. Um, and that could lead, long term, it could lead to con- uh, conditions related to reproductive health. Um, you know, it could lead to, to cancer and infertility. So I think it is about breaking the silence. It is about talking about what is normal and abnormal. And it's about saying that menstruation happens every month. So let's discuss it. Let's not treat it with shame. Now, you know, we as females are the ones who start the shame around menstruation. I mean, when you're having your monthlies, that's what you'd call it. I'm, I'm having my monthlies, so be sensitive with me. I'm PMSing. We never call a thing a thing. So how do we then make males, you know, open to this conversation if we as females are not open? And how do we make our younger girls open to it to say this is part of life, it's part of nature, and in fact, it's a beautiful, a spiritual and, and, and physical experience. Yes, it has its you know, ups and downs, but it's a beautiful part of life as a woman. So I think the, the one thing that I've noticed as we've been talking about this topic a lot is very few people talk about celebrating their, their first menses, which is unfortunate because, you know, with puberty, there tends to be a roller coaster time for, for, for girls and they, you know, they tend to become more modest and easily embarrassed. And I think what we need to do, as you said, is call it what it is, call it menstruation. Um, and, and that way when we call what things are, and we empower ourselves with the right information and we get to know our bodies, then people come on the journey. So I think it's, it's about bringing fathers, mothers into the journey um, and, and not making this private and debunking the shame. So when, when somebody starts their fences, let's celebrate it. Let's talk about, well, this is the beginning of your womanhood and this is what it means for your reproductive health. And this is what it means to have period pains. This is what it means if you are having normal bleeding. This is what it means to have PMS. You will have cravings or whatever. But I think how we treat it usually is we just treat it with, this is a pad, this is how you dispose of it, and we leave it as a two-sentence process. 
I am so glad you're saying that we need to celebrate our first menses. Do you remember your first menses? Because I vividly remember mine. And it was, I was relatively young and then I was still 12. But I remembered it like it was yesterday because I was excited. I, I remember mine. Uh, I don't know if my mother's listening to this, but nonetheless, I remember mine. And I think my mother didn't quite notice I had started because I was a late starter. And our conversation happened much later. And I think it was because she had noticed that her section of the toiletry was depleting. And it was just a two sentence this is what it is. And I stopped halfway. I said, I know what it is. I've already started. And we've never talked about it since. And it is it is a shame, you know. Um, when we did then start talking about it again was when my period pains were getting really heavy and she needed to intervene. But I don't think the process ever spoke about this is what it means. And I think we do need to speak about it. And I also think the other point that we usually miss is family history is important. So when you have a conversation with your mom and your aunts, you know what to expect. If people in your family experience heavy period pains, if people in your family have got heavy menstrual bleeding, then you know you're prepared for it. Mm. Well, uh, to share my experience, since you've done so with us, and maybe other A-teamers might call in and share their first menses and celebrate it. I was, I was in a class of uh, girls and boys who are much older than me. So I was the youngest in my class. Um, and most of the girls were a year or two older than me, and they'd already started their menses. So when we'd go for PE or swimming, there'd be girls who'd just sit out. And I always thought, my goodness, is there something wrong with me? You know, so started having these conversations with my mother who uh, worked in the medical field, and, and she was always very open. And I remember when I saw my menses, I ran to her bedroom and <laughs> It was an early Saturday morning and I was like, yes, at long last. She's like, what's happened? I'm like, I'm a big girl. She said, what do you mean? And, and yeah, I, w- I was just excited that finally here I was, I was on my period. And she was like, no, let me offer you some of my century towels. I was like, no, I already knew the brand I wanted. And she was like, okay, your brother can escort you to the shops. That but, is a beautiful story. But that alas, alas, I must tell you, uh, when I got to the store, I could not touch them. I was embarrassed. So my older brother had to take the sentry towels and pay for them because I was too embarrassed to be seen. Good on your bigger brother. Really great <laughs> on him. But I do think that the, the, the issue is how do we take away the shame that you felt? Exactly. So there you are. You are halfway through the process. How do we then take away that shame? How do you get to the till and just swipe as you would a loaf of bread? Yeah. So what can we do to to empower females? What can we do to empower young girls to to embrace not only the fact that you've started your periods, but to also embrace the process of it, whether it's buying tampons, um, buying a menstrual cup, buying uh, sentry towels? How do we make our young girls embrace this process and not be ashamed? So I think it is one, as I said, it's, it's, it's speaking about it with the right terminology and the right words. It's, it's being able to say menstruation. It's being able to say vagina without any form of shame. And I think it's also on a broader scope to talk about what it means, what, how it's going to happen, and including other family members in it. And from a larger family, you know, in, in terms of the larger families, I think it's about we as, as older women knowing our bodies, tracking our cycles, understanding what the emotional changes and, and being able to speak about it to say, I'm PMSing, what it means is this, and, and not treating it with anything around discomfort and, and a bad stigma and bringing along um, the non-menstruators in, in, in families 
is in the journey and not treating it as, as a, a bathroom conversation, not treating it as, as a in the corner, in the kitchen conversation. Yeah, MM is uh, uh, sending us a WhatsApp saying, Patricia, I wonder how many men buy sanitary pads for their female family members. I do so as a man. Um, and, and that's a good thing. So don't be ashamed about it. It's a, it's a cycle of life. But then also now, one of my concerns, uh, Butumelo, is is the fact that sanitary towels in Africa, in South Africa, are seen as a luxury, let alone tampons, which are, are, are relatively more expensive than sanitary towels, yes. uh, let alone the menstrual cup, because it's not available everywhere. Um, and the price is quite, you know, it's, it's an initial outlay that's quite m- much heavier than buying just a pack of sanitary towels. So how do we, how do we make sure that all girls, all women, can have sanitary towels or tampons or menstrual cups? There are various things. I think the one which we are seeing in our country is, is around tax on, on those particular products. Um, and then, again, you know, we, we're seeing um, sanitary towels that, that are washable. Um, and then there is further education that needs to be done in terms of how to use cups. But I, I do think cups have to be used in, in areas where there is sanitation, which is, is not common um, in all areas in South Africa. So it's, it's also involving the producers and the manufacturers of, of these products in the journey, in participating in school programs around that. So when you do then start doing reproductive health education, how do we make that part? How do we include it as part of schools that have got feeding schemes? Um, and I also think in, in corporates, maybe there should be dispensers, dispensers that have got sanitary towels. We've got condoms in, in bathrooms, so why can't we have this? You know, I, I once heard somebody saying using, uh, I mean, having sex is a choice, but actually menstruating is not. And, and maybe it's an extension of, of that particular conversation to say, how do we, how do we get these accessible? Let's go to some of our A-teamers' uh, messages here via voice notes. Good evening, uh, SAFM. Uh, lovely topic. Uh, my name is Jacob, and I would just like to to be advised on on the same topic that you guys are talking about for single single uh, fathers out there who are staying with their daughters. Um, any advices on how should they talk to their daughters when they are about to reach uh, that st- certain stage of life? Thank you. Hi, this is Pat. <laughs> Always choosing some of these topics that we really would rather shy away from, particularly as the uh, black community. But I think it's exciting that your guest talks about uh, celebrating this moment. I, I, I think I must have been 13 when I had my first menstrual uh, period or episode. Yeah, I was shocked. I need so hey, no man. I had the worst experience being lesbian. I mean, I mean, I was kind of like caught up in an identity crisis, Mm, and I wished it would stop. But only later in life, uh, as I educated myself about sexual and reproductive health and rights, did I actually um, begin to uh, see it as a normal part that comes every month. But I really didn't celebrate it. Uh, but I think the, the girl children that are straight should actually be taught how um, to uh, make use of that space as an entry-level space to enter the parts where they use contraceptives 
uh, well and they do not shy away from going to clinics because they are really not sold. We are seeing a lot of unwanted children around, but I think it's a great milestone to understanding the greater sexual reproductive health and rights landscape. Thank you. Your suspect, Angusibe, I guess I don't share my first menstrual, menstrual experience. Jonga, I was so excited because uh, my grandmother already told me what is it. So I had a lot, I had um, more information at that time. So I was so excited. I couldn't even wait to start. So the day I started, I was so excited, just like you. <laughs> I started at 11 years. Okay, so there are some girls with Umelo who are, are excited, <clears throat> but because you've got knowledge of it, yes. and you know exactly what's happening, and I, I like what Asanda said when she said that you know we need to be very you know aware of the sexual reproductive health and and celebrate it as women, um, so that we are not ashamed of who we are. But uh, I think let's maybe address what uh, our first A-team has said. As a single father, how do you have the conversation around premenstrual, you know, uh, chats with your daughter or when they start their menstrual period or during their menstrual period? What is the conversation? So let me start off by by thanking the the callers for for sharing their story. I think it's not always easy to either share or ask questions. So let me just stop there. I, and and then to answer the the first caller, I think it's great when girls can be very close to to their fathers, but sometimes they still wish to to have a private conversation with with somebody who they think might understand us better. And I think one of the ways to get around it is to start the conversations around the bodies, to start the conversation around puberty even before. Um, that the first menses arrive. And I think girls are starting their menses much younger than we did. So it is to start it early and, and perhaps to, you know, to be very open when, 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 the, when the body changes. And I think that would make the conversation when they do start for somebody to celebrate. Um, as the one caller said, that her grandmother had already prepared her. So it's a thing of my father had already prepared me so there was something to celebrate. I could go to him. There was a very relaxed environment. Well, a relaxed environment indeed. And, um, you know, for, 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 I think even for us as mothers, if you've got sons, we should be having conversations around uh, menstruation for our sons so that our sons who might become fathers to girl children one day, who might be partners to females one day, are not shocked later on in life. So, for instance, when you're going for your shopping, don't hide the sanitary towels. And if the child asks, what, what is this? perhaps explain in an age-appropriate way. Don't you think so? I absolutely agree. You know, this morning one of uh, my colleagues shared a story that her little son had put um, her sanitary towel on, on his nose and he said, Mom, I'm wiping my nose with your tissue. And she was embarrassed. And I think that's just an indication that the conversation that necessary hadn't taken place, right? And and we do have to have those very open conversations around it. And also so that in the house when somebody is menstruating, they're not treated with a stigma. And, and if there are any myths around, everybody in the family is able to depend Bank those. Mm, well, yeah, I, I know mine don't get hidden. So if you open my <laughs> cabinet, you, you find them. And my three-year-old daughter uh, once asked, so mom, what's this? And I was like, you know, you've got a, a diaper. And I think she was about two and a half. You've got a diaper? She was like, yeah. I'm like, well, this is a mommy diaper. So mommy, you need a diaper. And then I had to almost explain, but so that she understands. It's three. Yes. And it's nothing hidden. Let's go to a voice note. 
Patricia, good evening to you, your guest and the listeners. I was 14 when I had my first period. My uncle and I had already spoken about it. Um, my mom, on the other hand, she was always shying away from this topic. And I think when she wanted to talk to me about it, like your guest, I said to her, look, I know it, I've got it covered. Instead, I set her down. If I do this, this is going to happen. And these are the changes that are going to happen and all of that. But I think one of the reasons why menstruation is just still seen as a taboo thing. Once a girl gets her period, the first thing we think about is, oh, now she's she can be impregnated, you know. And people always associate menstruation with something that is sexual, I think, and, and less natural, less of a, a thing that happens to your body, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I had my first conversation with my uncle. He told me about everything, you know, and the first pack of pads that I had, I think I had a 50 rand note, which I had kept for about a year. Because he said to me, should anything happen and your mother doesn't have sanitary towels or whatever, or you're on your own, you must use this to go and buy them. Yeah. Viva uncle, love that uncle. Buitumelo, um, as we close off, please tell us what you guys as a 360 Biomedicine are going to be doing to commem- uh, commemorate um, tomorrow, Menstrual Hygiene Day. So we have partnered up with Candice Chira, who is fondly known as the Minister of Menstruation, and um, Dr. Marlon McKay. We are going to have a conversation online um, tomorrow at half past six around all things period. And also Candice has a foundation and with her foundation, we are doing a conversation with girls in deep slot around this topic and actually destigmatizing this particular topic and empowering them about their bodies and how to have the right conversations around that. And Absolutely that would be excellent. Our, our product called Salome Range. That's what we're doing tomorrow. Excellent. How do people get online so people can get online by catching us either on our facebook or on instagram at salome range that's s-a-l-o-m-e range excellent thank you very much thank you so much patricia have a good evening let's go to madubi for the final news bulletin hola